Good morning, everyone. This has been a fantastic service, hasn't it? I just want to thank the worship team for all they do. And I want to again thank you as a church for your amazing generosity uh, through the Christmas season uh, in your giving as that gift to the Bahamas rebuild went over $83,000 in total. And we want to thank those that serve the helping hands with their ministry, uh, the Home Alone ministry on Christmas Day. The list just goes on and on, and uh, we can't actually name everyone that contributed, but you know what you did, and we want to say thank you. Um, for those of you that are looking for opportunities to serve in our church, there is a serve booth out in the atrium right now by the front doors. And on your way out, there are up to 70 serve opportunities. And our goal is not to fill the slots. Our goal is to find out what God made you to do and give you an opportunity to do that. So that's a great thing for you this afternoon. Well, today we begin our series, The Power of the Invitation. And my task is to introduce to you Alpha today and our speaker, Ron Huntley. So let me start with Alpha Alpha is a 10-week experience to explore the bigger questions of life. It's some great food, an engaging movie, and a casual conversation. There's no commitment. People are just invited to come check it out. Alpha introduces people to Jesus and the basics of the Christmas, uh, Christian faith. It is perhaps the most effective evangelistic tool of our time. It has led millions of people to Jesus and has been translated into 112 different languages. Now, we've run Alpha big in the past, and we've run it on a smaller scale. We are getting ready to go all in on Alpha. So that's going to start a week from Wednesday as our youth, the entire youth group, goes through Alpha. What an opportunity to invite your friends and deepen your own faith. And for adults, we are starting the last Sunday of this month, right after church, There'll be a meal, there'll be a video, and then discussion. And the kind of discussion where no one's teaching you, the teaching was in the video, where people actually discuss. Now, you heard free meal. We don't have enough meals for, say, three, four, five, six hundred people every Sunday. So it's, it's a targeted audience. So who's going to go to Alpha? All right, there's three or four categories. Number one, non-Christian. Can everyone say non-Christian? And I'm talking about the adult alpha right now. The youth, they all go. But adult, non-Christians. And then nominal Christians. Can you say nominal Christian? You know, Easter, Christmas Christian, that type of deal. Um, and then new Christians. Say new Christian. Six months or less. Because if you've been at it more than six months, you know it's too much. And you're not going to give the other people that are nominal and non-Christians a chance to talk. So that's who it's for. The only way most of you can get into this thing is if you bring a non-Christian, nominal Christian, or new Christian with you as your personal guest. So you're not just allowed to invite them, you're allowed to bring them to Alpha so they're not alone and stepping into a place they're not familiar with. Isn't this exciting, guys? I think we're going to get dozens and dozens of brand new Christians as a result of this. And uh, <clears throat> I want you to think throughout this message that's to follow about three people that God would lay on your heart. Now, you might not get three, but I know you can get one. And just be saying the whole time as this message goes on, 
Lord, who are the three that you want me to start praying for that there might be a way to invite them to Alpha? And you can fill that out as the message goes on and at the end. The second thing I'd like to do is introduce to you our speaker, Ron Huntley. Ron Huntley is not ordained. He is a layperson like you. He is part of a church in Halifax that has been running Alpha groups of 160 people twice a year for over 10 years. It is the most successful Alpha program in the country that we are aware of. He has co-authored a book called Unlocking Your Parish that has been translated into six languages. And each year he helps host a conference that brings up to 600 people from all over the world to Halifax to learn how to light their church on fire sharing Jesus. He speaks about the primacy of evangelism, relying on the Holy Spirit, and using the best leadership approaches. He's so good at it that our own Pastor Buckingham had him as a, as a speaker and presenter at the Buckingham Leadership Institute. And if you need any more stuff, his son plays for the Wildcats, okay? So this is a good guy to have here. He reads his Bible as fervently as a Baptist. He is as fully devoted to Jesus as a hardcore Wesleyan. He is as filled with the Holy Spirit as a Pentecostal. His heart would make Billy Graham happy with its pulse of evangelism. And he is a committed Roman Catholic Christian. Now that last item, for some of you, is shocking. If you know anything about history, in the year 1500, there was such a push for reform within the church that it broke the church into two big pieces, the Protestant and the Catholic we have some of the ugliest history there is as for a hundred years, Catholics and Protestants fought one another to the bone. We entrenched in our opposite positions and we carried on alone. But you know, there's eight billion people in the world today and only two or two and a half billion of them know Jesus in any way, shape or form, even in a nominal form. And more than half of those that call on Christ are from the Roman Catholic branch of our family tree. And so it has been the prayer of Christian leaders for decades now, Lord, renew your church because we need to reach the lost. And I don't think the Wesleyans, the Baptists, or any other small group is going to do it alone. And we have seen some amazing things happen that give us hope for renewal. In 65, the Second Vatican Council said, we are now going to preach in the language of people, not in Latin. We are also going to give lay people the Bible and say, read it for yourself. Not the way it used to be. In the 70s, a charismatic renewal began in the Catholic Church where Catholics were getting filled by the Holy Spirit and having an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. And in 1999, the Catholic Church issued a joint statement with the Lutheran Church. So the Lutherans were the first church to split away from the, from the Roman Catholics. Salvation by faith alone, they preached. And that's what we believe. Well, the Catholics and the Lutherans issued a joint statement of salvation by God's grace alone 
through faith in Jesus Christ. And that has been endorsed by the Methodist congregations around the world, of which we're kind of a sub-branch, and by the Reformed churches. This is unprecedented. Now, there's a long way to go. And the unity we pray for is not a unity where we throw out sound doctrine or we give up on things that matter. That's been tried before, and that just kills a church. But we see a movement that God is doing of renewing his church in every tradition. And we are excited about it. And the man that we have to share with us today, his story of renewal actually took a radical change because someone from this church invited him here one day to hear about Jesus in a new way. Would you welcome him back as he shares the tremendous things that God has done in his life and through his life? We gave him a gift years ago. He's here to give us a gift again and get us a vision for reaching the lost. Let's give Ron Huntley a warm round of applause and welcome to Moncton Wesleyan Church. Thank you. Anyone by any chance get invited to come here this morning? Raise your hand if you were invited to come here. Hey, that's all. Oh, several people. That's great. I remember g- growing up in a Christian home, and I'm sure if you grew up in a Christian home, it was similar for you. You didn't quite have a choice to go to church, did you? Like, I didn't. Uh, my mom was an Irish Catholic, and you came to church whether you wanted to or not. And, uh, and so it was... As I was getting older, it was more and more difficult as, as a parent for her. She was a single mom to kind of connect with me in ways that were meaningful. I was pulling away from, from my mom, being more driven by friends and what it meant to be a man. And I was confused and scared and hurt and broken in ways I didn't know. And, and to be honest with you, I went to church, but I really didn't connect in a way that I could articulate. And, and maybe some of you feel that way. Um, I remember she invited me to go on a boys' retreat called the Challenge Weekend. And so she said, Ron, there's this, this weekend coming up called the Challenge Weekend. There's all kinds of boys your age that are going to be there. They have so much fun. Uh, I'd really like to go. What do you say? And I said, no, thanks. She said, well, um, you know, I know Dave, for example, went, and he loved it. Like, he said it made all the difference in the world. And, you know, I... I know, I'd really like it if you'd go, so what do you say? No, thanks. It's like, well, listen, I'm your mother. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. It's like, oh, mom, you know, she gets that look on her face, that tone of her voice, and you know you're going to lose the argument. You know you're going to lose that mom argument. She's pulling the mom card hard, and I'm not going to win. I'm like, oh, mom, when is it? She says, in three months. Now I'm 16 years old. I don't know if I'm even still going to be alive in three months. Three months is a long time when you're 16. So I said, sure, I'll go. Now I know I'm going to forget, and I'm actually hoping she's going to forget. Do you think she forgot? (laughs) Yeah, you know it. So a week before, she says, Ron, I just want to remind you, next weekend is the retreat. I'm like, what retreat? Because I legitimately completely forgot. You know, the challenge weekend, I said, Mom, I can't go. I have two hockey games and a football game. I would love to go, but clearly my team is counting on me. And I wasn't even that good. Uh, And she says, oh, no, you're going. I was so mad. 
I thought to myself, I knew I couldn't get out of it. So I did what I figured would be the best possible solution. I decided to have the worst time of my life to prove to her she should never invite me to something so silly ever again. The whole way there, that whole week I was grumpy. I was The whole drive there I was angry, arms crossed. It changed my life. That weekend changed my life. I remember that night being up in the prayer chapel, and there's a bunch of other guys my age, and none of us wanted to come. Like, it was like, <laughs> but we were there. And I remember praying that night after two full days of retreat and hearing great talks and, and staring up at the cross. And it was the first time in my life I realized that Jesus knew my name. And I always felt like I knew Jesus, but kind of from a distance. But it was in that moment that I received the grace to recognize that he was on that cross because he loved me. And he knew me. And here's the hard part. I didn't deserve it, and I knew it. I was rotten to my mother. I was so selfish as a kid. I was chasing so many wrong things, and I knew it. And I knew Jesus knew it. And he loved me anyway. <laughs> And I bawled my eyes out because I knew I was so unworthy of unconditional love, knowing that he knew everything I thought, said, and did. It's the best news ever. Isaiah, is, is, he says, this is what the Lord says in chapter 43. And I, I needed to, this is what I heard that day. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. <laughs> Don't people need to hear that? I was reminded this morning as I was talking to one of the greeters, something that Pastor Buckingham used to say, I am not a product of my past. I am a product of my choices. Now at 16, I didn't quite have a choice. <laughs> my mom pulled the mom card, and it changed my life. Now things certainly weren't smooth from that point, but it changed my trajectory forever. And I tell you that because it was an invitation. And these next three weeks, we're talking about the power of invitation. I moved here in 2000 with my family, and we just lived in the community right behind you. And uh, there, was a couple, there was a couple next door who had uh, two kids. One of them was four years old. He was a red-headed kid. And uh, my son was only a year and a half. And I remember him knocking on the door saying, could your son come out to play? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, does a one-and-a-half-year-old play? Like, does it, like, I don't know. So we sent him outside in the huge snow banks, and they get along gangbusters. And uh, his name uh, is David McKenzie. Some of you might know him. And his mother's name is Julie. And, and, she, and we're committed Catholics. We go to church every Sunday. We do all the things that we love Jesus. And she says, would you like to come to my church? To which I said, no. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? No, I'm good. I'm Catholic. I'm good. But she kept asking. Now, it was really easy to say no when I didn't know her. But the more I got to know her as a neighbor, I fell in love with the family. And it got harder and harder to say no. 
And she didn't stop asking. <laughs> so clearly I knew she loved this place. And I'm thinking, what, what gives? Because I don't invite you to my church. <laughs> and there's good reason for it because I know you'd be bored. <laughs> and, and so one day I looked at my wife and I said, you know what? Let's just go to Mass on Saturday night and let's go to church with them on Sunday. And the minute I walked into this place, I could feel the difference the hospitality was through the roof. The music was unbelievable. The preaching was so powerful. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be like this. Hey, you feel that way when you started coming here? Yeah, yeah. It changed my life. I didn't know church could be that cool. And you know, Catholics, if they wanted to, could probably be that welcome, maybe. Uh, they can play music. Maybe they could get off the organ and play some cool stuff too. I don't know. And maybe we could learn how to preach better because all those three things any church can do if they had a vision for it changed my vision of what's possible. And the way I was loved here and accepted here changed the way I saw the body of Christ. I thought, oh, this is what unity looks like, feels like, tastes like, smells like. So that invitation changed me. And it was actually a little while later, Tim Guptill reached out to me and he said, Ron, we're hosting an Alpha Conference here for all of Atlantic Canada, and we're wondering if you'll be the networking coordinator for your tradition. And I said, no, you're getting on, you're getting, no, no, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? I'm a nobody. I'm not ordained. I'm not connected. And so... I said, why don't you talk to the bishop in the diocese? Because we got these things called dioceses, and, and they're all connected. And they'll be able to mobilize Catholics to come. Because I'd already done Alpha before, and I liked it. I did it in a home of a, a non-denominational non evangelical Christian in Halifax. Loved it. Um, but I said, why don't you do that? And he said, we already did. And they said, no. And that breaks my heart when we don't play well together. Breaks my heart because I knew how much I was loved and cared for here at your church. And so I said, okay, I'll come to the meeting, and I'll understand what you're looking for, and I'll find the right person. How does that sound? And uh, he said, great. But when I got here, there was this little brochure that said, Alpha in a Catholic context. And I went, what? Because Alpha's not Catholic. <laughs> and I thought, it, but put it into context. The song that we sung today, one of the songs said, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. And that's all, Alpha's only meant to be the beginning of somebody's journey. It helps somebody fall in love with Jesus Christ, helps them encounter Jesus as a risen Lord. He is alive. And to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because our Christian faith isn't about ideals, morals, whatever. It's about Jesus Christ, risen, alive. And he didn't leave us alone. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to remind you of everything I've said, to show you the way. We're meant to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'd never experienced that before. And when I did, it changed everything. And so when I came to that conference and saw that Alpha was only meant to be the beginning, and just like good music, good preaching, and good hospitality was possible, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it now. And so I decided I was going to fill the whole place in your old sanctuary with nothing but Catholics. I felt bad for every other tradition because I was going to fill the whole thing. I was so excited. And the day came where we started the conference and MC got up there and said, okay, who's from the, 
who's from the Anglican Church? Stand up. And some people stood up, and we all clapped. And, and they said, okay, who's from the Wesleyan Church? And all oh, you guys stood up, and there's a lot of you guys, and you clapped. And already I'm realizing this place isn't completely full with everybody I've invited. I already feel like a failure. Uh, and, the, you know, the, pres- the Presbyterians. And, and they said, okay, who's here from the Catholic Church? And the people I brought from Riverview, <laughs> all 11 of us, stood up and in the old sanctuary. We were sitting over there somewhere. And there was one little old lady all the way over here. And I knew I didn't invite her. <laughs> and the clapping was so loud. And it went on and on and on and on and on. So much so that it felt uncomfortable. And so I leaned forward to the fella in front of me and I said, what's going on? And he said, you don't get it. We've been praying for Catholics for years and you're the first ones ever to show up. And I was amazed. Do you know how loved I felt on behalf of my entire tradition? Do you have any idea what that did for me? To know that there's people praying for us, even though we're so slow to change and just do something just so poorly. It inspired me. You know the number one tradition around the world using Alpha now is the church, Catholic church? And do you know how big of a role that that situation played globally? Our ministry is global. We're helping churches all over the world. All traditions, by the way, but predominantly the Catholic church. But we'll work with everybody, just like you guys did for me. And we're mobilizing people to go reach the lost. It's crazy. Imagine. (laughs) It's awesome. There's nothing like being used by God to bring somebody home. There's nothing like it. Now, when I was in my mid-20s, I did something I don't recommend at all. I started reading this book. That's a joke. It changed my life, but it really frustrated me because all I kept hearing was go and tell. Go and share the good news. You know, go make disciples of all nations. I'm like, how? I don't know how. And I'm getting inspired to do it because little did I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because I invited him. And when you invite, he comes, whether you know it or not. If you invite from a pure heart, he comes. And sometimes you feel it, and a lot of times you don't. But he's there. He started to change my priorities. And from that place, I started getting really frustrated. But I remember when I started to use Alpha in my church in Halifax, the very, sorry, the church in Riverview. This is the first place I did it. And I'd never my whole life, I invited people to church Not one person ever came to faith in Jesus Christ because of anything I ever did. And it was eating at me. And maybe there are some people here or watching online. That's your experience too. Maybe you have a great faith, but you've never been successful at bringing somebody else to faith. And if you read scripture, it kind of gnaws at you, eh? I'll never forget uh, this one alpha that we did over there. It might have been our first or second one. I can't remember. But there was this guy at the table, he was a big guy, he was in his late 50s, I would say. And he was sitting at the Alpha table. And a lot of times, the uh, first night of Alpha, you go around the table and say, hey, what brought you to Alpha? What do you hope to get out of it? Good conversation starter, don't you think? Pretty non-intimidating. Well, this one guy had his chair pulled away from the table. Wouldn't even sit with us. Had his arms crossed, and he had big arms. And he had a scowl on his face just like I had when I was 16 and my mother was driving me to that weekend. <laughs> And uh, when it got to him, his name's Dick. And I said, how about you, Dick? Uh, why'd you come down? What do you hope to get out of it? And he said, you want to know the truth? And I'm thinking, probably not. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. 
It's Tuesday night. I should be out bowling with the fellas. And that was the last thing he said. But he showed up every week. And every week, I didn't think he'd come back. And, and Alpha, uh, I heard Alpha said this, described this way one time. Alpha's a retreat with a seven-week buildup and a four-week follow-up. <laughs> I laughed when I heard that. Because what happens on the weekend, it focuses on the person of the Holy Spirit. There's four talks on the person of the Holy Spirit. And there's some ministry time on how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I knew he wasn't coming on that retreat. Like, you're not going to be that disengaged. Week, he was committed to disengagement. Week after week after week, and then go away with a bunch of weird Christians on a weekend? Like, who's going to do that? But he did. And I thought to myself, Dick's here. This is awesome. And when it came to that part of ministry on the weekend, he was sitting right where you're at now, and he got up, and he walked straight out the door. Everybody could see him. Just got up, marched out the door. I was so disappointed, but I was not surprised. And I knew that we wouldn't see him anymore. Like four weeks after, I knew we wouldn't see him back. Nobody's going to leave in the middle of a retreat right out the door. He showed up. Now, that's when I thought to myself, I do not know what your wife has on you, and I don't need to know. But clearly, you did something pretty bad. But what's interesting, this particular evening, he wasn't pulled away from the table anymore. And in fact, he looked different. And while we were eating, he stood up and he tinked his glass like he was at a wedding. And he said, can I have everybody's attention? To which, of course, we all went. He said, I just want to thank Ron and Pat. Pat was the other person that was working the table with me. For making Alpha possible, this has been the most important thing that's ever happened to me in my life. He said, this past weekend, I went to the church for the very first time, and I went and talked to the priest and told him I wanted to become a member of the church. Now, I had to sit there and pretend that that happened all the time. That's really nice, Dick. Congratulations. That's wonderful. <laughs> When the night was over, you know, we put everything away, we cleaned up, we swept up, put away the tables and chairs. I went into the chapel and I stood, kneeled at the cross. I looked up and I cried my eyes out. Because it was the first time in my life that Jesus ever used me to bring somebody else to him. It's a little bit like Lay's chips. I bet you just can't do it once. Like once you've been used by God to do that for somebody else, it transformed his life. He was going to say the people at work didn't recognize him. His own daughter didn't recognize him. He said, all that bitterness and anger that I've carried my whole life with me is gone, Ron. You know, God wants to speak into our lives. We tell ourselves a particular story about who we are, about our past, about the decisions we've made. And we tell ourselves the story over and over and over again. And God wants to breathe life into that story. If we let the Holy Spirit speak a new life in his life, God's life into our story changes everything. And when you're used, when you and I are used, like sometimes we look at the leadership and so, you know, how come there's some empty seats? How come giving's down? And we look at them and say, what's your problem? What are you doing? And God's looking at you and me and he's saying, what are you doing? Ron, what are you doing? And to be honest with you, for most of my life, I went to church and I did nothing. I didn't know God was talking to me. I thought God just talked to people who were ordained. People who worked for the church, maybe. 
I didn't know he could use me. In the book of James, chapter 5, it says this, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. I could use a multitude of my sins covered. There's some urgency in this when I hear you save that person from death. But I don't always act with urgency. I don't always seize opportunities. You know, a few weeks ago, I was here because as... uh, Nathan mentioned, my son plays for the Wildcats, so we're watching the game, and he said, let's go over to the Moncton Weston, because I love you guys, and, uh, and a friend of mine uh, we're staying with is a fallen away Catholic, you know, Catholics, we often get our sacraments and never show up again, it's like graduation, woo, don't ever have to go to church again, that was boring, irrelevant, and, and um, so we invited him to come because we knew that he wouldn't come to the Catholic Church, or if he did, it wouldn't make a difference. Isn't that sad? And, uh, but he didn't come. Do you know why he wouldn't come here? Because what you do, you do it so well, he, would, he was afraid he would like it, and then he wouldn't have an excuse. Because what you do, you do so well. I love it. That's why I love being here. But for him, it's intimidating. Alpha is for people like my buddy, where this is too much for them. It's a good meal, a relevant movie, and some casual discussions where people aren't preached to. So if you're on team, don't be weird. Don't be quoting the Bible all over them. It intimidates them. Let the process take care of itself. And what I've seen time and time again is people's lives transform. You know, Alpha is a tool in your toolbox. This church, as Pastor Nathan was saying, you have 71 ministry opportunities. And so it's a lot of tools in your toolbox. You know, I heard what you, the, all the money you raised over Christmas to give away and to be a blessing to other people. You guys are so generous. This church has a history of, of impact and generosity and invitation. Alpha is just a tool. But it's a tool in your toolbox to invite Because this service is an amazing thing to invite people to. And for some people, they won't come. Have you invited people to this service and they've not come? Raise your hand if that's the case. Okay, a lot of you. And some of you, you know, Alpha's just another place where they can come. It's a platform where they can interact that is is on their terms. And what's critical about Alpha is that we don't use all of our Christian language. We just talk, like I have a friend who came to faith through Alpha, and he says, Ron, he's a businessman, I don't talk church. <laughs> I said, all right, Wayne, tell me what you're thinking. <laughs> and he says what he says, and he says, it's, we're saying the same thing, except he says it without the church language. And I'm thinking, Wayne, you're way better at this, connecting with people who are lost than I am. Can you come back and serve on team? To which he said, yes. 
There is a whole sea of people that God is calling us to reach. In Matthew chapter 13 is the, is the scripture on the seeds that are being sown. Some, they're being, it seems like it's wasteful. You, know, you see this farmer with a bag of seeds and some of it's fallen all over the path. It's like, are you not paying attention, dude? Like, what are you, your seeds are falling all over the place. And then some fall in the shallow soil and, and some fall in the weeds and, and some fall in the rich soil. And the ones that fall in the rich soil bear 30, 60, 100 fold. But I think the extravagance of God's generosity when it comes to planting the seeds. Like, can you and I take that same perspective in terms of invitation? And can we start inviting like that guy was scattering seeds? Knowing full well that some of them are going to land in rich soil. And when they do, you have no idea the impact that's going to have. I co-founded a ministry with Father James Mallon who wrote a book called Divine Renovation. I've been working and leading in the church for about 10 years now. And a lot of what I learned, I learned right here with you. And we're helping churches, Catholic churches, all over the world to be fruitful. You know, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine. And uh, here, I'm going to read it. Because I'm going to blow that because I'm Catholic, so bear with me. He says this, I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts, he cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. For so many years, I knew I was not fruitful as a Christian. I knew it. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. And the branches that do bear fruit, guess what he does with those? He prunes those two. Why? So they bear more fruit. It begs the question, what does fruit look like? I, saw, I heard a statistic a few years ago uh, speaking about the United States, and it said of all the churches, all the traditions in the United States, 50% of them did not bring a single person to their congregation due to conversion that particular year. 50% did not add a single person to their congregation due to conversion. Can you imagine spending a year doing church and not being fruitful in the form of a changed life? In our ministry, we do something on, on Pentecost Sunday, and we call it the Pentecost Challenge. And uh, we do something that you guys do every week, but it's not something we do in our tradition. It's an altar call. And we ask anybody who's had their life transformed in the last 12 months by Jesus Christ, they've had a transformational encounter of Jesus Christ and chosen to surrender and follow, would you raise your hand? And they would. And then we'd ask, if you raise your hand, would you come forward? Because we want to pray a blessing over you. That's safe Catholic language. And then, and then we do. And then we count them. Because we count what we value. And we're not good at counting in our tradition. We're starting to get better at it. But the most important thing to us is transformed lives. My friends, your church, this church, this place, in this season, in this decade, could be a massive instrument of change in this entire city. If you and I would begin to invite every single time that we run Alpha. The guy who replaced me in my job, I invited nine times. He would coordinate with his wife when he knew he was going to see me because he knew I would ask him to Alpha. And he'd coordinate excuses, so he always had one ready. And I caught him on a day when he didn't know I was going to run into him, and he said yes. 
It transformed his life. Three years later, he left a very high-paying job to come work for the church full-time, and now he does what I was doing. You never, yeah, praise God. It was Julie Greer who invited me to come to your church. And I said no so many times I can't even count. And one day she caught me in a moment of weakness and it transformed my life. Jesus Christ is in the life transformation business. So can we invite I'm going to get Pastor Nathan up here in a second to explain this card a little bit more, but can I pray for you? Maybe we can just bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for my friends at the Moncton Wesleyan. I thank you for all the people that are online watching. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today that's new, that was drug here against their will like I was when I was 16, I pray that, that they would consider Alpha. And not just consider Alpha, but make the decision today that I am going to invest these next 10, 11 weeks to see if you're real. To see if you care, to see if you matter. Because you know in your heart that there's more to life than this. And you've tried a lot of things. And you're still empty. I pray that this entire congregation would become an invitational church and that together we can reach every single person for Jesus. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.